Hey, welcome to this week's The Real Estate of Life with Kevin Riles. This week, I take questions from you, Kevin Riles, and friends. And so my Facebook friends, I posted uh, this week to ask y'all if you had any real estate questions. And I got some really, really good questions. And so I'm excited this week for those of you that weren't able to, to join us Facebook Live. You're going to hear the answers to these questions that ask everything from mortgage questions to property taxes to creative financing. So it's going to be a really good session this week. So DJ, hit that music, please. Support for this program comes from the Digital Broadcasting Network, presenting podcasts and web series from everyday people who have an extraordinary passion to make the world a better place. Welcome to The Real Estate of Life with your boy, Kevin Riles. The Real Estate of Life with Kevin Riles and friends. And this week, my friends are my Facebook friends. My Facebook friends, I'm going live. I'm right now, for those of you that will be listening to this in the car or in, in your headphones, uh, or looking at this online on my website or at channel713.com. I'm actually going live right now uh, on Facebook and answering questions. I posted a, uh, a post about an hour ago saying, hey, I'm going on today. Uh, what are your real estate questions? And I got a really good amount of uh, questions and very interesting questions. And so Mr. Producer has been trying to get me to do this uh, for quite some time where I take uh, unsolicited questions either live or at least in advance and we answer them on the podcast. So uh, I am a man of the people uh, and the people are my Facebook friends today. And so therefore we are going live. Of course, I would pick today to not look my freshest. I need to shave, but it's all good. For those of you that listen to this audio, you can't see me anyway. And for those of you on Facebook Live, I'm so far from the camera, I don't think you can see my little gray uh, hairs, whatever, but it's all good. It's all good. So with that being said, um, I just want to thank everyone who has replied uh, to my, the question was taping my podcast in an hour, what real estate questions uh, do you have? And so you, you guys will get to see how the sausage is made uh, of the Real Estate of Life podcast. We are now at ex episode 62, 63, 60, oh, sorry, Mr. Producer said 60, 69, 68, 68. See, we're, we're at episode number 68. So that means there are 68 episodes uh, 67 episodes prior to this. For those of you that want to get um, some of the great information that uh, I've been putting out and the guests that I've had, you can go to uh, KevinRiles.com, KevinRiles.com, and click on the podcast and see all 68 episodes. We have a YouTube page, The Real Estate of Life, as well, YouTube channel, I should say. Uh, and so if you want to be able to check those things out, uh, I, we cover every 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 real estate topic and motivational topic you can think of. We've covered in these sixty seven plus uh, episodes. So with that being said, let me uh, start answering the questions that I've gotten. And I, again, I appreciate uh, you guys answering uh, asking these questions. And so one of the very first questions I got actually uh, was from uh, Miss Chandra Webb, and Chandra says, "Can my uh, credit be worked on simultaneously while buying a home?" Uh, with my agent guiding me through the process. So I think you're asking me if you can work on credit while looking for a home. And the answer is yes, you absolutely can do that. However, what I would tell you to do, I think the proper way to do it is to go to a mortgage company, have your tri-merge credit report pulled. And remember, tri-merge is all three credit reporting agencies on one credit report uh, and, and have the mortgage company, they pull a what they call a residential mortgage credit report. Uh, and if there are things that you need to do as far as paying off debts or uh, kind of cleaning some things up, it depends on how much of that you need to do. So in other words, if you just need to pay off something and you feel like you can do that 
while looking for a house, then absolutely go ahead and do it. If you feel like if you see what you have to do and it's going to take a little while, then I typically don't tell people to start looking until they know uh, that I'm within 60 days uh, of being able to actually purchase. So if you have about you have some things on your credit where, you know, it's going to take you four or five months, uh, then no, I, I would say you can what I call peripherally look or do dream drives like, oh, I really want to be in this neighborhood. But most sellers are not going to wait that long uh, for you to ha have an opportunity to, to either pay off debt or pay off a collection or dispute or something to get your scores up. And so you want to be within a, a, a time frame that allows for you uh, to be able to search and uh, do that. Now, as far as your realtor guiding you through the process, there are some awesome realtors out there that have a lot of experience on a whole lot of different things. Most of them are not credit, quote unquote, repair specialists. Uh, so I would tell you that, um, you know, I would use a mortgage professional or a someone that specializes in that in order to be able to do it. Uh, but with that being said, uh, I think it's important that you're able to um, get someone that can sit down with you. And if you need someone to assist you with that, I do have a couple uh, mortgage contacts that I can put you in touch with that won't just tell you no, you don't qualify. They'll actually help you uh, get to qualification stage. So very good question. Uh, next question comes from uh, Kevin White. What does the state of Texas say on title seasoning for rehab construction um, projects? Uh, what does the state of Texas say on the title seasoning for rehab construction projects, Mr. Kevin White. So, Kevin, let me, let me explain for some folks that might not understand what you mean by title seasoning. Title seasoning uh, basically means that how long has the person or entity owned the property? That's what title seasoning is. In other words, how long must I be on title or how, how long must I have the deed, really, um, um, to purchase a property or to do some type type of work to the property. And so I guess the first thing I would say is the state of Texas has no laws as it pertains to title seasoning. Um, they are um, agnostic as it pertains to uh, that. Mortgage companies, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, who buy mortgage loans, they are not agnostic. They do typically have some level of seasoning requirements as it pertains to uh, uh, that. And so typically that comes in the form of um, and again, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming I'm adding some stuff to your question because I think you're asking me how long must I own the property before I can do a rehab loan or a rehab project. And typically, um, you can almost do that immediately uh, from a rehab standpoint, if that's your question. If, you're, if your question is how long um, must it uh, must I be on title for me to be able to sell a property that I have rehabbed, that depends on the loan that the buyer of your property gets. Uh, typically, if I remember correctly, and, and don't quote me, I'm not a mortgage guy anymore. I used to be a long time ago. Uh, used to have to be on title for six months. It had to be seasoned uh, for six months. Um, that may or may not have changed. And even if you did it within that six months, you could still do it, but you had to provide the receipts and proof that you improved the property uh, within that particular time. So a buyer could come in month, in month two and buy it from you after you've rehabbed it, but then you would have to provide and prove that you've improved the property. I think the number was at least by 20%. But again, don't quote me on that. It's been a long time since I've had to run into that issue. Uh, I can definitely put you in touch with somebody that can answer that more specifically. Uh, but I just want you to uh, know that uh, title seasoning is not a state law. It is typically something that is required by uh, the lender. Good question. All right, Miss. Uh, 
Miss Thomas asked me, I want to buy another home, but have reservations about keeping my current. What indicators shall tell me, uh, uh, what indicators should tell me uh, rent my home instead of sell? Got you. Should I rent my home instead of sell? Got you. So right now the rental market is H-O-T. And for those of you that don't know how to spell, that is hot. Uh, And so therefore, I would tell you that um, if you want to rent your home right now, as long as you have a basis in which uh, you would be renting it for more than uh, what you pay on a monthly uh, basis, uh, then uh, rental market is, is hot. You shouldn't have a problem. Um, and since I know this particular person, I know generally where you live, you really wouldn't have a problem uh, uh, renting over there. The question becomes uh, is do you qualify for the type of home and size of mortgage uh, that you would want going forward considering the debt that you would still incur uh, on a monthly basis on your current house. And what I mean by that is you're currently paying a mortgage uh, and you haven't rented it out yet. And so because you haven't rented it out yet, the lender is going to, when they look at your debt to income ratio to determine whether you, uh, how much you will qualify for on your new home, they're gonna count that debt against you um, because you haven't rented it out yet. Now you can tell them my plan is to rent it out, but since you haven't done it yet, they count that entire debt. Uh, for those of you that might have a home and you have rented it out, uh, then typically the lender will give you 75% credit for the rental amount. So in other words, if you uh, rented it out for $1,000 a month, the lender is gonna give you credit for the income of 750,000. And, and if that negates your note, then great. If it doesn't negate your note, then it would reduce your note uh, from a debt to income standpoint by that amount. But typically, uh, and then don't quote me on this again, it's been, it's been a minute, you have to have rented it out for a year or at least filed a Schedule E as an Edward uh, to negate that debt. And so with that being said, it's just something uh, that you need to consider. So if you can go forward and purchase a home with the current debt uh, that you currently have, uh, then by all means, renting a property, that turns that property into a, a rental property, an investment, and a wealth builder. So I always tell people uh, that, you, uh, that you can do that. All right. Uh, and I hope I'm saying this right. Ms. Hesma Stevens asked me, uh, how long does it take to close on a house? Um, from the time that you identify and get that house under contract, um, it depends on your mortgage company, to be honest with you, but I always tell people, uh, uh, anywhere from 30 to 45 days, anywhere from 30 to 45 days. That's contingent upon uh, what you negotiated as far as time in your contract. I usually try to get at least 35 to 40 days uh, from the date that we go into contract. So you have enough time to do your inspections, that your lender has enough time to do their processing and appraisals and things of that nature. Uh, but typically 30 to 45 days uh, is uh, the answer uh, to that question. All right. Ms. Thomas had another question, and that question uh, is, uh, why are my property taxes going up? Uh, With explanation point, question, explanation point, question mark, explanation point. So why are your property taxes uh, going up? So the only way your property taxes go up in the state of Texas is if your tax rate goes up or the value of your property goes up, right? Because at the end of the day, your property taxes are calculated based off of the tax assessed value, when the tax assessor comes out and says your home is worth X, and then times your tax rate. In the city of Houston, your total tax rate for most places is around 2.7%, 2.5, 2% to 2.7%, depending on where you are, right? So if you take 2.5%, 
you multiply times a hundred thousand dollar of, of value, then your taxes for the year are twenty five hundred. Each year, the tax assessor goes out and looks and see uh, to see if your property value has gone up. If properties in your neighborhood are selling for more than they sold last year, if you're, and this is an exaggerated uh, um, amount, but if your property are now selling for two hundred thousand in your neighborhood and they were selling for a hundred thousand last year, then your tax rate hadn't changed, but your value has gone up. So if your value gone up is, is multiplication, 200,000 is now times 2.5%. So now instead of 2,500, your taxes are 5,000. So how can I get that number down is, 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 is the question. Uh, so there are a couple of ways to be able to do that, but most importantly, and it's, it surprises me at how many people still don't know um, this and, and I think we need to do a better job as professionals, real estate professionals, educating people about this. We talk about it a lot of times at closing, but we never follow up. And that is Texas is a homestead state, uh, meaning that uh, you have homestead rights uh, in the state of Texas that go back to the beginning of our, the, the founding of our republic as far as Texas. And those homestead mean that if you identify that property as your homestead, in other words, this is where my primary residence, then that gives you redemptive rights. Uh, if someone, if you're foreclosed on, you have uh, uh, rights to reclaim that property, right? And so that, again, that goes back to the founding of our, our republic. What that also means, though, because if you identify a, your, the property as your homestead, most of the taxing authorities uh, within um, the state of Texas, from the school district to MUDs, um, municipal utility districts, to the cities, uh, to uh, all of the different taxing, will give you a discount for stating that that is my homestead and this is my primary residence. And that discount ranges anywhere from 10 to 20% of the value. So in other words, if your property is assessed at $100,000 and you get a 20% discount, then uh, instead of $100,000 times that 2.5% tax rate, it'll be $80,000 times that 2.5% tax rate. And so therefore you would get the prerequisite discount. So you get that letter every year around April. In fact, they're about to come out now. We're taping this in March of 2019. And when that comes out, a lot of people just toss it in the trash or they don't really know what to do with it. And that assessment is the appraisal in your particular neighborhood has said that your house is now worth this. And it gives you by state law an opportunity to contest that value, right? Now, let me stop here and say a lot of people don't want to contest that value because they're thinking that if I contest that value, then I'm saying that that property is not worth uh, as much as, as they're saying it is, or I'm going to uh, have a negative effect on my, on my market value of your house. There are two separate things. There's tax assessed value, and then there's market value, all right? Tax assessed value is what your taxes are based off of. Market value is what you could sell your house for. They are mutually exclusive. They're going back to math back in the day. Mutually exclusive means that they do not overlap. They are separate items. Therefore, if you could get your tax assessed value to a dollar, you would want your tax assessed value to a dollar because it'd be a dollar times 2.5% and not 200,000 times 2.5%. Your market value, you want that to be a million dollars or $3 million or as high as possible because that means when you hire a real estate professional, we'll be able to sell your house um, uh, at that amount. Now, can tax assessed value be an indicator of market value? It can, depends on the municipality. For the most part, 
in my experience in the city of Houston specifically, there's about a 20% difference uh, between tax assessed value on average and market value, meaning the tax assessed value is usually about 20% lower than the market value. Why is that? The tax assessed value is as of January 1st of the year of the assessment. So this year, when you get that letter, January 1st of 2019, the tax assessor is saying that as of January 1st, your property is worth that. Well, the market is more fluid than that. Certain months and certain appreciation, if you just looked at the uh, statistics um, that came out in the paper here recently in Houston, uh, we've had a decent level of appreciation. The median uh, price uh, and average price of a home in Texas, I mean, in Houston has gone up uh, since last year at the same time. And so that's a fluid market. But the assessor only gets to assess once per year. So you can see why there should be a delta. Now, sometimes that delta is in the other place, which is the tax assessed value is higher than the market value. When does that occur? It can occur just uh, on you know wrong information from the tax assessor. The tax assessor doesn't know the condition of your property. That also happens a lot. For instance, we just got over Hurricane Harvey. A lot of people had damaged properties during Hurricane Harvey. And the tax assessor doesn't come inside your home. They just pass through and see what's the general condition, look at, at some comps, and they assess uh, the value. However, in this particular case, you would then want to say, hey, my house flooded or my, my roof was damaged or whatever the case may be. And you could go in and tell them, hey, you don't know the full story. And I had to spend $50,000 to get my house right. And so the value of my house is not what you think it to be. And, and there are other methods in, in which you do that. But what I always tell people is if you want to try to control your taxes, then you should contest your taxes every year, even if they don't change. Uh, and if you can find comparables where you can go in and say, hey, here are some comparables that are comparable to my house um, that are lower uh, than what you uh, have as far as value, then you go and try to contest it. You can contest it now online from, for some of the larger appraisal districts where you literally type in uh, and provide proof of, of lower comps or, uh, and they just look at it electronically uh, and then they render a, a verdict. If you don't uh, want to do that online, you can actually go and sit in front of what I call the tribunal, usually three retired people <laughs> that uh, work on behalf of the appraisal district and um, contest it there. But uh, my point is that a lot of people don't know that they can contest your taxes. They don't know that you can file your homestead. In order to file a property as a homestead, um, you have to be living in the property as of January uh, 1st of the year that you file for the homestead. So if you just moved into a property last year, uh, anytime, but it was after January 1st, then you should be filing your homestead for this year. Uh, indicating that this is my homestead, this is my primary residence, so that you can get that discount on your taxes. I know I went a little um, um, uh, deeper on that particular question, but I, I, over the years, that's the one, uh, to me, one of the easiest ways to get a discount on your taxes is to get a homestead exemption or apply for your homestead exemption, and a lot of people don't do that. For those of you out there that are disabled, there's a dis disabled um uh, exemption for those of you out there that are veterans. There's a, a veteran uh, exemption, veteran spouse exemption. There is uh, a um, uh, over 65 exemption for those of you that have parents out there, and you can apply. You know, uh, quite a in fact. I got a text the other day from a friend of mine's um, mother who I helped uh, uh, find a house a couple years ago. Still do a residential deal every once in a while, and she texted me. She said, Kevin. My note just went from 1587 a month to 1132 a month. 
uh, because of my over 65 exemption. She was so, 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 so uh, uh, happy. And so, uh, therefore, I would tell you uh, that, um, you know, it's worth it. I mean, it's four, that's $400 a, a, a month. That's $400 a month. Um, and so, um, I just would tell you that it's worth looking into the exemptions. All right. Uh, Mr. Dave, Dave, the mortgage guy, uh, just told me that these are great questions. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, Dave, your mortgage guy, I want to be, because he trademarked that. Dave, your mortgage guy, uh, just told me um, that uh, uh, these are great questions. I agree with you. Ms. Lindsay Wilts Butler asked me about creative financing strategies. So, Lindsay, what I'm going to say is, uh, and just to do the interest of time, we have a podcast probably around episode 30-ish, I'm going to say, where I go into great detail about different ways to finance uh, properties, creative ways to finance properties. I go over owner financing, contract for deed, um, you know, master lease, things of that nature. So I'm going to reference you back to that particular podcast so that uh, you can listen to all the, the, the interesting ways to be able uh, to do that. All right. So Andre says, at first he said, I don't have a question, but he thinks this is cool. Then he says, oh, yeah, I do have a question. He said, is it in a renter's market or a buyer's market now? So um, I'm going to separate those because one of them is about leasing and one of them is about buying. It's not a renter's market right now uh, from a leasing standpoint. Uh, it, it is a landlord's market uh, right now. Leasing is as strong as it's ever been uh, in the Houston market, and I would venture to say even in the United States, depending on where you live. And, and that is simply because – um, people are, are kind of holding off on buying houses at certain levels. Millennials right now are not the, uh, buying houses at the same clip as other generations, and so they're deciding to lease uh, more. And so because of that, uh, your price per square foot on a rental basis in, in, in Houston, depending on the type of property that you are trying to, uh, to, um, to lease, uh, is definitely higher than it has been. So it is definitely not a, a renter's market. It is a buy is it a buyer's market right now? Well, I won't say it's quite a buyer's market, but it's, it's much better for the buyer than it has been in a very long time. If for a long time it was white hot and it was a seller's market and multiple offers, oh my God, and that still to a certain extent happens at a certain price point, say kind of under 150, 160. But if you're looking for a house right now in, in kind of the mid 200s to 300s up and past, I actually think it's pretty balanced. Balanced market meaning that, you know, uh, there's equilibrium between uh, buyers and sellers. Uh, and so, therefore, you can negotiate a little bit better. And that was tilted towards sellers uh, for quite some time. And so uh, I, I just think that um, you're in a situation now where it's a good time to, to, uh, to start looking. All right. Ask somebody uh, to ask me something in my, in my DMs. Nothing inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> but they ask me, which is better? Getting a mortgage uh, from a uh, getting a mortgage loan from a credit union or from a mortgage company or bank is it more cost effective to build uh, a home? If so, what is the process? Um, and then will this podcast be taped for later viewing? Uh, yes, it will. Uh, go to kevinriles.com or look on our um, uh, Facebook pages. So to answer your question, I know I have some mortgage folks watching, so uh, I got to be careful because I want to keep my friendships. But on average, in my experience, this is this is. This is Kevin Riles' experience. Uh, I have seen it, uh, if I had to rank fees and rank uh, process, I have seen credit unions be a tad bit cheaper than mortgage companies, that, and a tad bit cheaper 
uh, than banks from a fee standpoint, not just simply from a fee standpoint. I'm not talking rate. Uh, rate is dependent upon a whole lot of factors, credit, uh, what the market is doing, things of that nature. Uh, so some people prefer to do things with their credit union because they are, have every other account there and things of that nature. So I'm a big fan of credit unions just in general from a financial planning standpoint. Uh, so uh, I, I would say probably on average your credit unions are, are a tad bit uh, cheaper. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're better as far as processing the loan and getting your deals closed. But on average, I think that they are cheaper. Uh, is it more cost effective to build a home? If you're talking about build a home from scratch, in other words, you, you hire a builder to build, uh, then it just really depends. Is it cheaper than a, what we call a production house where you have a large builder like Lennar or uh, David Weekly or Ashton Woods or something of that nature? Uh, it really uh, depends because one of the things that you're doing when you buy a production home is that the cost of the land is already um, built, in, cake, built into the cake as far as the price of the uh, property. Uh, on the way over here, I had a call from a potential client um, uh, or the relative of a, 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 pre, a commercial client asking me about building on their own lot versus, um, you know, buying a new construction home or production home. And based on the conversation, I, I thought it was better for them to build on the lot that they already own. Uh, because they were going through a thing called Owner Builder Network, which is kind of kind of building yourself with some guidance. Uh, and the lot was located closer to the inner loop here in Houston versus they're looking at new construction out in the Pearland area, which is a very nice area. But in this particular case, I felt like they would get better appreciation uh, in the inner loop or close to the inner loop. So um, it really depends. That's a hard question to answer because it depends on the type of person you are and what you want to deal with. If you're going to build a house with an independent builder or yourself, it's a much longer process, a lot more involved versus a production uh, builder. You walk into the sales center, you pick out your, your nice stuff and your flooring and, and you're done. So efficiency-wise, production builder uh, is definitely. And I always tell you, tell people that the best deals you get on um, buying production building so again going to a neighborhood is being the first person in the neighborhood the last person in the neighborhood or buying an inventory house that's been sitting there for a long time that's the way you kind of will and deal and get better deals on uh, new construction in a, for a production de uh, so uh so i hope that answers your question i don't think uh mr producer we got any questions while i'm going live right uh so um that um I think, let me just check and make sure that I don't have any other questions that I didn't answer. This went really, really well. Just want to make sure that I got everybody's questions answered. Let's see here. Yep. I think I do. All right. I got everybody's questions answered, and I think I, I did that within our allotted time because, you know, his producer, he'd be tripping about that time. He'd be giving me five, four, hurry up, you know, all kind of stuff. But, you know, again, y'all get to see how the, the sausage is made. Uh, and I'm saying sausage. I know that that's real ethnic, the way I'm saying sausage. But, you know, I'm trying to be that for comedic effect. I, I, I guess it's not a joke if you have to tell people it's a joke. I posted something on Facebook yesterday uh, about uh, my um, – uh, I got some uh, TVs in my office, and I, I spelled some things spelled some things incorrectly on purpose. But I felt the need to let people know that I did that on purpose. Why, what this has to do with my podcast today? I don't know. I just felt like I needed to tell y'all uh, that. So, with that being said, uh, we plan to do this once a month. 
Uh, I, I was told by, or Rollin told by Mr. Producer that we're going to start doing this on the uh, end of every month where I'll ask for questions uh, or maybe specific types of questions on a specific subject and then we'll go live uh, at uh, Facebook, maybe even Facebook, Instagram and some other stuff. He he got a whole new setup. He all excited about it. Came in today. He telling me, you know, I, you know, this is what I do. You know, let, let me do what I do. And okay, man, I just get in front of the mic. This, you know, that's why I, I you know, hire Mr. Producer, channel713.com. You know what I'm saying? The digitalbroadcastingnetwork.com. Go check him out. You want to do a podcast? People always say, how do you do a podcast? I call, I say, call Mr. Producer, channel713.com. That's what I do, right? All right, and I'm sure he's going to have channel713 somewhere on the screen uh, when the final thing comes out. So you know how to get in touch with Mr. Producer. Shout out to Mr. Producer. All right, so with that being said, that this week um, – I answered your question. We have some exciting things coming up in uh, the next couple of weeks. I enjoy this. This is one of the things that I just really enjoy, uh, and uh, I hope uh, that you are joining as well. So I ask you to do three things. Please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. That's not the three things. I just said it three times. Please subscribe. Please share this with your friends if you there's a subject or whether it's a subject you like or not like but a lot of people like the information and please comment so for those of you that listen on google play for those of you that listen on uh, apple itunes please comment and rate uh, that really helps uh, our positioning uh, we want our goal uh, is to um, cr increase our downloads uh, threefold this year and so i'm asking for your help humbly asking for your help uh, to do that and as always if you need to reach me you can reach me at the office at 281-403-3700 281-403-3700 and of course kevin at kevinriles.com i will see you guys next week Hey, thanks for listening as always. Do you have questions about any of the topics I'm talking about? If you have questions, let me know. Email me at kevin at kevinriles.com. Again, that's kevin at kevinriles.com. I'm going to do a podcast just on the questions uh, that you guys are sending to me. So feel free to send them to me. Again, that's kevin at kevinriles.com.